Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Virago Podcast, a monthly celebration of books, reading, and writing, brought to you by Virago Press, the international publisher of books by women. This is the Virago Podcast coming to you. My name is Lenny Goodings. I'm chair at Virago, and around the table, I have gathered whole gang of people from Virago to talk about the books we're really excited about for 2020. Um, so can I just ask each of you to introduce yourself? I'm Donna Coonan and I run the Virago Modern Classics list. I'm Rose Tomaszewska and I'm a Senior Commissioning Editor at Virago. I'm Zoe Hood and I'm Virago Publicity Department. Uh, I'm Ayla Ahmed and I'm Editorial Director at Virago. So great brains, great books. Donna, what have you chosen? I've chosen uh, The Street by Anne Petrie, uh, which is an incredible book that was published in 1946, and it was the first novel by a black woman to sell more than a million copies. But um, strangely to me, it's been fairly well forgotten, um, and it's really serious, page-turning literary fiction, completely compelling, um, but it's, it's completely relevant for today. And it's, it's, it's really timely. It's against the movements of Black Lives Matter and Me Too. It, it, couldn't, be more, it couldn't be more relevant, really. Um, Tayari Jones is going to be writing the introduction. And in an article that she, she wrote last year in the New York Times, she said that it was, um, it was ahead of its time when it was written. And therefore, now is the time to publish it. So I've been at Virago so long, I remember that we published this book in the Virago Modern Classics in the 80s, and it was a, the response was a bit muted at that time. Why do you think it's going to be different this time around? Well, as I said, really, um, I think there are movements at, at the moment that are happening that, that, you know, we really need to champion these writers. If, if women are written out of the canon so often, and that's the reason the Virago Modern Classics existed, then it's even more so with black women writers. Um, and this this book is about um, so it's the story of a young black woman who um, she's a mother and she leaves a cheating husband to go and live in Harlem with her young eight year old son, and she really believes in the American dream. She believes that if she works hard, she can make a life for herself and her son that she'll be proud of. Um, but without any sort of 
um, net in society to help her and to support her in this. Um, you just see her spiralling. Um, and it's, it's an immensely powerful book. But if that sounds worthy, that couldn't be more wrong. It's so page-turning. I remember it exactly all those ways. So that's The Street by Anne Petrie. Thank you. Um, Rose, what have you got? What have um, you chosen? I chose Scenes of a Graphic Nature by Carolina Donoghue. Um, this is the second novel by a woman who wrote Promising Young Women a couple of years back. Um, and I just, I love Caroline's writing. I love her approach. She's got very fun energy and this kind of responsiveness, not only to contemporary women's lives, but also contemporary women's fiction and, and literature. Um, this very sharp kind of lemon juice sort of sense of humour, um, which underneath is a great deal of, of warmth. Uh, and tenderness. So I think there's a certain kind of novel where the protagonist goes in search of their family history, often returning to a sort of spiritual home. And Caroline takes that, but puts her own kind of subversive twist on it. So Charlie goes home to Ireland to find out about her dad's past. Um, and there's a great deal about Irishness and a claim to heritage. And I think that a lot of people who are second or third generation children of immigrants can really understand that. Um, she's got this hilarious scene in a bar where everyone's playing folk music and she's feeling genuinely Irish for the first time in her life. Um, and the next morning it all shifts and changes and there's this kind of hollowness. Um, and somebody says... Island worked on you. That's what it's supposed to do. Um, which I find, you know, the humour at the same level as her kind of serious, you know, there's a there's a black humour to that. She's um, very clever, and yes. we published her first novel, didn't we? Yeah. Again, a very kind of subversive take on office relationships um, and toxic romances as well, but. She really undercuts your expectations and surprises you. I think we've got a real gem with her. I'm glad she's coming with Virago. So that's scenes of a graphic nature. Um, Zoe, tell us about your choice. I've chosen Big Friendship by Aminatu So and Anne Friedman, the podcasters of Call Your Girlfriend, who are long-distance besties who catch up on the phone every week on their podcast. I was really interested in listening to the podcast years, when it started years ago because, for two reasons actually, um, the concept is that, uh, so they're friends and work has taken them to two different sides of the US. So um, Aminatu uh, Amina, uh, as she sometimes refers to herself, is uh, based in uh, on the West Coast um, and Anne is based in New York. Anne's a journalist, Amina's in tech. I was really interested in particularly in Amina's story because um, she is um, one of the few female voices of tech um, outside, you know, the Sheryl Sandberg. So she's younger. Um, she and Anna are in their 30s. I was really interested in how uh, their discussion, their, which, which is what the podcast is, their, their half hour phone catch up uh, to maintain their friendship, how it's going to manifest and what they were going to talk about. Anne's a journalist, very uh, very interesting in her own right. Um, so they have this catch-up, and that's the basis of the podcast. And then the second reason why um, I really enjoy listening to the podcast is because they're deeply interested in friendship. And so they have this book coming out in July called Big Friendship, 
where they explore um, modern female friendships. And the podcast through the podcast, they talk about everything from the new cycle to the menstruation cycle. Um, but they also have a lot of fun. Um, they talk about the Kardashians every week. Um, so very interested in group dynamics, which is very important for a book mm-hmm. about friendship. And um, obviously, Amina's burgeoning kaftan collection, which I'm particularly <laughs> intrigued by. Um, so they wanted to, uh, they've, they've had a very enduring and uh, tested friendship and they met as adults. And uh, Anne being a writer, uh, she is really good at kind of probing all of these different uh, situations that she and Amina find themselves in in their in their female lives and they're very conscious about how it affects their own relationships and their own friendship predominantly most books about friendship uh, most books about relationships I'm sorry are still about romantic relationships there was very little um, for people who were going through these long-term relationships with friends um, particularly female friendship, I think. So um, they've gone back to the kind of platonic roots of, uh, of what, uh, you know, classical friendship is. Uh, so there are some enduring themes, but there's also going to be lots and lots of modern stuff. So um, how the internet comes into play with these friendships, what happens when your friendship is tested through... Um, group dynamics other friendships that kind of maybe interfere with your own dynamic um or even very serious things like health issues so um amina herself has recently quite recently been through some um very uh, uh extreme things with with her health so they've had to navigate that as well um, and it's all told with warmth humor it's about um disclosure of emotion and um all of the kind of wonderful probing things that the podcast has uh, is going to be applied to this big, big human subject of friendship. Great. Big friendship. Big friendship. <laughs> I love big. it. I love, I love the uh, title as well, actually. It's so then. Um, and so, Isla, what have you got? Mm. So I have a, a novel called How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Jang. Um, and this is Varago's lead debut novel for 2020. Um, we'll be publishing in April, and it's being published in the US by Riverhead. Um, And this is an extremely beautifully written novel um, about uh, two siblings. It's set in the American West during the gold rush. And in the opening of the novel, the two siblings, um, their father has passed away. And they're looking for two silver dollars to put over his eyes um, to give him a burial in line with their Chinese traditions. Um, They end up getting into trouble in the town in which they live. Uh, The younger sibling fires off a gun. They have to leave. And the first quarter of the novel is um, the two of them travelling across a harsh landscape with the body of their father on their backs, slowly decomposing. Um, It's a really striking, uh, really visceral image. Um, The writing on the line mirrors exactly what's happening in the plot. Um, And it is just uh, kind of breathtaking. Um, The eldest sibling has a version of their family history which is quite fractured. So she ends up becoming very angry and begins to grind bits of her father's body into the ground. Um, The younger sibling idealises the father and remakes themselves in their father's image, um, carries a gun around town, it's kind of all about bravado and masculinity. Um, And what I think this novel really is about um, is the way that two people can grow up in the same family and have completely different versions um, of that family narrative. So the two siblings um, eventually clash 
uh, and it becomes a novel about family, about adventure, um, about sacrifice ultimately. Um, and Si Pam Jang is just the most extraordinary young novelist, um, and I can't wait to publish her in April. And she's this is her first novel. This is her very first novel. So it's extraordinary <laughs> feat for yes. for a first novel. Absolutely, I think with some writers. Um, you can just tell, you know, as soon as you read the first sentence, the first paragraph, that they have something really special. Um, and actually with her, it's completely undeniable. Garth Greenwell um, has provided a blurb for this novel, um, saying that it's a wonder, gorgeous, soulful, feral. Lauren Groff says, ferocious, dark and gleaming. So it's not just us, it's other writers already um, who are championing Pam. So that's how much of these hills is gold. Yes. And I'm going to allow myself, even though I'm chairing this talk, to um, say one book that I'm looking forward to next year. It's called The Light of Days, Women Fighters of the Jewish Resistance, Their Untold Story by Judy Battalion. And this is the story, um, a very unknown story of the women resistance fighters, like the subtitle says, um, many of whom were just teenage girls who took on the Gestapo. And they blew up bridges, they seduced the Gestapo, stabbed them, um, and then came back and forth to the ghetto many, many times to get people out. It's very extraordinary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right. So, just to show our listeners that we're not just partial to Virago, though of course we are, um, we've all chosen uh, a book from somebody else's publishing house too. So, Isla, what have you chosen? Um, I've chosen a novella called Brace Pork by Anne Yu, um, which is a beautiful novel set in Beijing about loneliness, um, about uh, creativity, um, and about aquatic creatures. Mm which, yeah, is my new favourite subgenre, um, <laughs> along with uh, Mrs. Caliban by Rachel Ingalls and The Shape of Water, which I was slightly obsessed with. Um, so that's coming out in January 2020, and it's Harville Saka. Nice. Um, Donna? I am really looking forward to, no big surprises here, Hilary Mantel's new novel, the mm. final part of her Cromwell series. Um, the These books were all brought out one at a time as I went on maternity leave, so they were quite big 
tomes to balance on my baby's heads while I don't have a new baby to come out with this one but if there was any writer who could get me interested in that dour old figure painted by Holbein um, then Hilary Mantel was the woman and she is and I love these books Rose what have you got um, I chose a true story by Kate Reed Petty. She's a debut author and it's coming out with River Run in summer. Um, the title is a um, very clever allusion to the fact it begins with um, a rumour of rape on a college campus and you don't know what really happened. And then it becomes so unusual, it spins out each chapter into a different genre. Um, so one bit is written in the way of a psychological thriller, one bit is written like a horror, and one bit is written like a crime noir. Um, and it's all about fiction and the stories that we tell ourselves about men and women, um, and you don't find out until the end what really happened at the beginning. Um, I just like it when writers use the the kind of playfulness that you can do with fiction to, to present something that, that breaks the bounds of reality. You know, they use the form to tell you something special. I think that C. Pam Zang does that really, really well in How Much of These Hills is Gold as well. Um, and it's exciting to read. It feels so new. I see all the books that you four have chosen for next year are all novels. Because you have a novel too, don't you, Zoe? I do. And, but the more I think about this novel, the more I think that it's a bit like the GD Battalion, actually, in, in some of the themes. Bit of a cheat. Um, it's already out. It's in paperback in 2020, um, which is why I've been able to read it. Um, it's also called The Man Who Saw Everything, um, but it's the new Deborah Levy. So, of course, it's only about a man on the surface. Um, <laughs> she's very interested in surface, Levy is. Like many of her other novels and works of non-fiction, it appears to be realist, but she's actually going to test some philosophical ideas by some pretty wild and spirited characters. Um, so it reminds me of the Gigi Battalion because um, it's set in a particularly key historical moment. So 1988 is when it opens. Saul, the protagonist, has been knocked over by a car on Abbey Road. Um, and cannily enough, this year, 2019, is the anniversary of that very Beatles album. So the reader is sort of in the story as well. Um, his girlfriend takes a picture of him, covered in blood, and like the pearl necklace he had inherited from his family who were victims of the Holocaust, the picture takes on various meanings. He heads off to live in Berlin just prior to the fall of the Berlin Wall. And it's an intriguing role reversal because Saul, who is Jewish, is the free man visiting the captive Germans of the GDR. And he brings with him news from the outside world, as well as Wrangler jeans and lots of excitement and sex and frisson. Things get messy. Halfway through the novel, Saul gets knocked over again on the Abbey Raid, again by a man called Wolfgang. But it's 2016 now. Um, and the reader is left. Um, how much asking? How much can we trust Saul's account when he's increasingly spied and spied upon? And should we instead trust Jennifer, who refuses to be verbally described? Anyway, I think everybody should read, anybody who reads Ian McEwan should absolutely read Deborah Levy. So this is going to be a big paperback, I think, for 2020. What I love about Deborah Levy is that she's been writing for years and years mm. and years. And it's great that she's finally yeah, getting that the recognition. recognition. Exactly, mm. exactly. 
So we're going to finish this look at 2020 with each of us telling us a reading resolution for the new decade, for goodness sake, not even just the new year. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I, as you say, you've noticed all of us have chosen fiction. I do not read enough nonfiction, and I need to get out of my fiction head and read more, read more nonfiction. There's a world around us that's... <laughs> to be explored. I'll just recommend The Light of Days, will I? Oh, I'll <laughs> Rose, what is your resolution? Well, I briefly flirted with the idea of um, resolving to read more books by men, because I realised that <laughs> I'm rarely able to cite very many male <laughs> writers that I love. Um, but nah, I decided that I would read more Virago Modern Classics, because um, <laughs> I've got, I, I mean, there are several that I've read and loved, you know, when I was a teenager, but I think as an editor trying to keep up with, you know, what new books are coming out and what everybody else is publishing, you're often reading new stuff. Um, and there's quite a lot of exciting books that Don has been um, bringing out over the past few months and been talking about coming out this year that I really want to get into. So, oh. yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to steal Rose's idea a little bit and um, and uh, also um, look at contemporary and, and and history. I'm going to be, again, plumbing the, the VMC list as well. It's just a complete gold mine. Um, I'm mixing that with plenty of contemporary fiction and non-fiction. Nice. Donna, how many classics, Viraga Modern classics, are there now? 700, I think. Yeah, I think something like 700. Lots to draw on. Okay, that'll keep me busy then. <laughs> <laughs> Isla, Isla, what um, are you going to choose? My resolution is not to do anything new, but to lean in closer to what I um, love and what I've been reading all year, which is um, novellas by women writers. So that means more Muriel Spark, more Natalie Ginsberg, um, Clarice Lispector, Rachel Ingalls. Um, yeah, just more indulging more in the things that I really enjoy. My reading resolution is going to be to read more on the tube instead of looking at the damn iPhone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As a special treat, I thought I would ask Maddie Hall. Madeline is our digital marketing director, and it was her idea that we all have reading resolutions, so I think it's only fair we finish with hers. <laughs> I have had no time to plan this. Um, my reading resolution for 2020 is it's probably a continuation of my one from this year, which was to not put pressure on myself if I'm finding I'm having a reading lull, but to really enjoy the books that I am reading, regardless of how long it takes me to get through them. <laughs> and um, probably to meet, read more memoirs. I've read some great memoirs this year, and I find you get a little bit of everything from a memoir. There's a story, but there's history and nonfiction. <laughs> Very nice. I just thought we should bring in our silent partner sitting here, helping us through all these podcasts. And one last resolution I think we have to mention. Um, Lenny said earlier that she was uh, around at Virago back in the 80s when Anne Petrie was first published. Um, and I think that's a testament to um, all of her time here that she is publishing a memoir next year called A Bite of the Apple, um, which is going to be so exciting to read about um, the history of Virago and the books and the authors that we published over all of those decades um, and what it is like to bring together a publishing house full of women publishing women. Thank you very much 
for listening. Thank you very much, Isla, Zoe, Rose, Donna, Maddie. Um, I think there's some amazing things for all of us to get interested in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Virago podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and also leave us a review. It helps other people find the podcast. We'd also love you to be in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or our website, virago.co.uk. Tune in next month for another installment of Books, Feminism, and Conversation from Virago Press, the international publisher of books by women.